Hello and welcome back to the Pitchsider podcast. This week we've had two European finals as well as the start of players move around to different clubs. I will be your host, Joe, and I'm joined by the Pitchsider's own, Toby. How are we? I'm very well, mate. How are you today? Yeah, very good. Uh, good week of football. And also to discuss everything Liverpool, we have lifetime Liverpool fan, Sheik. How are you? Hello, boys. I'm good. Got to be here to represent, represent <laughs> the Reds. Good to have you, mate. Yeah, cheers for having me. We will get to that Champions League game, but let's first start with the news. So we've had a couple of news stories this week. Uh, let's start with Chelsea quickly. It looks like everything's official. Um, Roman Bramich said his goodbye statement, and Todd Bowley, or oh, he's given Todd Bowley's got all his shares, according to the company's house. So it just looks like we're going to get the official announcement as of today, which is when the podcast will be released. Not much to say here that hasn't been said already. All wrapped up. Yeah, it's good that it's finally no, done. No you complications sort of in the focus end. Focus on transfers and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and I think there was also issues with Champions League qualification because um, that has to be done by a certain time or something by the end of this month or something. Heard. Mm. Um, but should we move to Manchester? Ralph Raniak has said today that he will not be taking his consultancy role at the club, which he was offered. Yeah. Any any thoughts on this, Toby? So originally it was going to be a two day per month, uh, like consultancy role, <clears throat> which means now he's he's not doing that anymore. He's focusing on Austria, on the Austria uh, national team job that he's, he's taken up. It kind of makes his whole time at United a little bit pointless. I mean, we could have got somebody better who could have uh, helped contribute more to the long term. But, you know, it is what it is. Who cares, really? He's not had a great time at United. So let's just move on. Maybe means that, you know, it's all on... Well, it does mean it's all on Ten Hag now to sort of uh, decide who he wants to keep and whatnot. So maybe that sort of influence of, of Ralph may not have been a, a good thing anyway because um, Ten Hag really likes to put his own um, impression on, on a club. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in the future. He's probably as uh, glad to leave as United fans are glad to see him gone. <laughs> yeah, they, pretty uh, much, yeah. Sure, it's like, amicable, but I guess not going to be missed. I mean, it was always a tough job to come in halfway through the season and sort of make major changes. Um, but yeah, as as managers go, he's he's definitely one of the worst. He's got like a win percentage of about 33%. So yeah, not great. Hopefully he does a bit better with Austria. Also in the management company is rumoured to be linked to be the leading candidate for the Burnley job. He's left his role in Belgium is with Anderlecht, I believe. Yeah, he's off. Um, it's a bit of a weird one moving from Anderlecht, which is one of the, if not the biggest team in Belgium, to, to go to Burnley. I know his wife's from Manchester and his, all his kids were born you know, in the north of England. So he's, he's got ties there. Um, it's definitely going to be a hard job because they've got like a £60 million pound debt that they have to pay off. So they're going to see a lot of outgoings. Um, the only plus side is probably his links to City and um, they'll be able to sort of bring in a lot of players on loan. I know he's linked to like Harewood, um, Harwood Bellis, who's been on loan at Stoke this season. He's a City player. Um, so, yeah, it's likely we'll see quite a few City players move in that direction this this window. Is he actually confirmed or likely? Not yet, not yet but he's, right. he's the leading candidate. 
and it's yeah. pretty much confirmed. I think it's been quite highly reported that he's going to join soon. Let's move on to the Champions League game. I know, Ashik, you probably don't want to relive this one, but hopefully it's not too painful for you. It's fine. I, I've got over it slightly, mostly. <laughs> Recovery. Uh, so for anyone that was hiding under a rock, last night was the Champions League final, as of recording this on Sunday. Uh, Liverpool played Real Madrid in Paris. Liverpool lost 1-0 to... Real Madrid, any thoughts on this game, Ashik? Yeah, a lot of thoughts on this game, biggest <laughs> game in football. Um, I mean, even before the football started, it was quite marred behind complete farce of game being delayed. I mean, we were watching it on UK television, um, BT Sport. So actually, I don't think their coverage was very good of everything that happened before the game. We were kind of not very much in the loop. No one really knew what was going on. It's all kind of hearsay, fans saying this, that. I think most of the thing, most of what has come out to light in terms of what happened before the game was from after the game and people reporting on it, but it didn't seem didn't seem great at all. I think at the time when we were all watching it, we were told that by UEFA correspondence, at least it is delayed because fans were late on arrival. Um, but on in retrospect, it looks like it was far more complicated and, and a bit more troublesome than that it looks like you see videos and going out I think there was a lot of trouble with police and lots of fans being delayed in and bottlenecks and then it got very angry and dirty and violent I think in the end and there's lots of confusion on which fans had tickets who was just trying to get in Mm. videos of fans getting pepper sprayed etc etc so it wasn't a great look and I think actually subsequently uh at least uh the uh, at least uh, Liverpool at least are asking for um some sort of investigation with the UEFA and, and French police as well. So that kind of marred the whole start. And I'm sure, actually, I think a lot of fans don't, didn't even get in till about half-time as well. And um, I think for a lot of people that were out there, I think even it kind of marred their experience of enjoying the football as well. Um, so even before that, it wasn't a great look for... Yeah, it's absolutely shocking, isn't it? For the biggest game in the, in the season. Yeah, it didn't look good especially afterwards. And then even before the game, they you know, obviously they delayed it for about half an hour and then they brought out uh, Camilla Cabello, yeah. say surname, which um, didn't really go down too well. Everybody in the, the stadium was booing and she actually tweeted after the, I think after the game, after the performance that, I can quote it actually, playing back our performance and I can't believe some people were singing their team's anthem so loud during our performance. Like my team and I have worked tirelessly for so long to bring right vibes and a good show. Very rude, but whatsoever. I'm glad you guys loved it. Which is like the worst response ever, really, because maybe she didn't know about what's happening outside the stadium, but that had a massive impact on on the whole vibe in the stadium. And you you can't really blame the the supporters that were there for for the way that they sort of reacted to the whole you know delay and then this sort of comedic show of you know, how they want to make it into sort of Super League, not Super League, Super Bowl final. Yeah, kind of marred the the special feeling, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was a complete disaster for UEFA, wasn't it? I mean, to be fair, it's not, yeah, a lot of it is not her fault, I guess. And uh, even before the match, even before there was the whole delay and everyone, when it was meant to be started at the right time, people were saying that some people were kind of for trying to make an event out of it, making it 
mm. NFL style. And I guess if everything was went smoothly or if it, even if it was hosted in another city where it wasn't problematic, I'm sure there wouldn't have been a problem with it. I mean, we've had we've had performances for like similar to this before, Champions League finals before, and they've been fine. I think it's a combination of at the time she was doing it, it was delayed. There's probably news filtering in from outside the stadium of things going out. So yeah, all the fans weren't happy and it wasn't it wasn't a great look. Um, so I think that <laughs> didn't work well for the whole event. But nonetheless, we had a football game to play at the end of it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm. I'm not convinced that really. I mean, before the game happened, it looked like the players were very frustrated and a bit angry. Um, but I'm not convinced it really made much of a difference once the game got going. No, at least it impacted the, the both teams equally as much. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so we got a game at the end of it. It was. Uh, it was. I mean, it, I was watching it very different to what neutrals would watch it from. With very. Uh, Bit of a, it's always nerve wracking watching your watch your team in a final, <laughs> um, but I guess in hindsight and looking back on it, I think it was a pretty, pretty decent game. I think both teams played very, very, very similarly. I wouldn't say either team were much better than the other. I think in hindsight, looking at it, Madrid had more of a classic final mm. um, kind of performance. They were very solid at the back. Had very few chances but took their chances very clinically whereas we kind of controlled most of the game and had a lot of chances some of them half chances two or three clear cut and we just couldn't get through Courtois had a great game and to be honest I don't think there's much more uh, we could have done in terms of the way we played we created enough chances um, it was just we didn't take them and they got through in the end so it's a classic kind of one nil, and if you look, even if you look the last three four years of all the Champions League finals, they've all been one nil, two nil, very yeah, tight not high games. scoring. No, yeah. and that's exactly what happened this time. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I thought that Liverpool did play really well in the first like thirty minutes or so, and I thought they were the better team. And I think it was sort of towards the the start of the second half that that Madrid sort of turned up their gear a little bit, and you can see the way that they were sort of passing out of the the press from from Liverpool and. Uh, the way they distribute the ball um, in sort of the tight uh, situations, it, it, it showed a lot of experience. And um, I guess that's what you expect from the, like a midfield of Modric, Casemiro and, and Cruz. But yeah, I, I feel particularly for, for the goal that they scored, um, the defending for Liverpool wasn't wasn't great. And I, I do, I know this conversation has been brought up a lot, but I think like Alexander-Arnold's defending has sort of been highlighted here as not the best. Uh, he didn't, see the, the the backwards runner of uh, of Vinicius Junior and and um the bended run and I feel like he was kind of at fault for that. Um he could definitely go a block in and, and stop the stop the cross entirely. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree to extent. I think if you if you're analysing the goal back and, and if you had to pick a, a a an error from a defensive point of view it would be that that side because it's from uh, Vinicius's side mm. and Trent's meant to be covering. Um and yeah, I think yeah, if you had to pick out an error on the goal, that's that's where it is. But I, I I'm not sure it's like a glaring kind of mistake as such. I think otherwise, actually, played quite well defensively throughout the game. Vinicius didn't have a lot of chances, and I think later on in the second half, when Benzema and Vinicius were getting into the box in that kind of area, he did defend quite well. And yeah, I think on that goal, it was an error, but also that that goal and their build up to that goal was very direct and very quick. So. I guess it didn't give a lot of opportunity for the defence to reset themselves. We were kind of always running back towards goal throughout that whole phase of play. Um, and that's where 
we're more likely to make a mistake conceding when we're when they get in behind us. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's something I wouldn't be overly concerned about. And at least the goal we conceded, it was quite a decent goal from them, but I wouldn't be too mm. upset that it's, it was a massive mistake. And he did have a lot of chances, to be fair, uh, to Liverpool. They they had a few, um, particularly with Salah, he had a lot of chances cutting in onto this left-hand side. Courtois made some phenomenal saves. I think he got man of the match in the end, which is thoroughly deserved. He, his performance was definitely the best on the pitch all round. Um, he, he kept uh, Madrid in the game for, for a lot of it. Um, so, yeah, well done to Courtois. I, I've got the, you know, Le Quip, the, the French... Um, uh, publication, um, how they always sort of do really harsh yeah, scoring. Yeah. Have you have you seen the the rankings for the? No, final? I didn't see them there. I can go through them if you want quickly. Yeah, sure. Um, Allison got four. Uh, Alexander Arnold got six. Canate six. Van Dijk six. Robertson five. Thiago four. Fabinho five. Henderson five. Salah seven. Mane six. Diaz three. Courtois nine. Mendy five. Alaba six. Militao six. Carvajal seven. Valverde 6, Modric 4, Casemiro 6, Cruz 3, Vinicius 6, and Benzema 5. And they gave Klopp a 3 and Ancelotti a 7. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It's quite a funny, right? To be fair, like I think those rankings are pretty much are basically even throughout um, each team. Apart from yeah, the, they probably balance out. Match. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like uh, Ancelotti managed the game a bit better than, than Klopp did? Um, yeah, I think on the Ancelotti... I think if you look at both managers, yes, Ancelotti probably managed it better purely because if you were to, I think if pre-game, if you were to take take, take both sides, if mm. you were to take both sides playing at their maximum, I think we we are a better side than them this season. Um, so I think Ancelotti had a lot more to do um, tactically and managerially than Klopp would have. Um, and I think he managed it very well. I mean, he's bound to. I mean, it's a final. He's very experienced in this kind of area. But again, I don't think Klopp, I don't think there was much wrong with the tactics. You could say a different thing if 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 we didn't have many chances or we didn't have opportunities to score. But I think selection wise, we played pretty much the strongest eleven we could. Yeah, yeah. there was no real major um, errors from players playing, um, uh, and otherwise, I think tactically we we were fine. And I think that was reflected, especially post match. I think that's what Klopp said as well. I just think they probably had more of the experience of how to manage that game out. They scored, mm. I think we, in hindsight as well, when you look back at it, first half we were completely dominant apart from that last five minutes where they played one ball over the top, Benzema got in behind and there was a whole farce about whether it was an offside goal or not. Yes, we should talk about that. I think if that didn't happen, um, I think the sec- start of the second half would have been a lot different because they came out in the second half playing a lot, a lot better than they did in the first half. And I assume that that, or that uh, passage of play and that disallowed goal would have given them a bit more confidence going into second half. And I'm sure that's what Ancelotti probably conveyed to them in the half time as well. Um, if that didn't happen, if the, if, the, if the half had ended just before that, basically Madrid had absolutely zero output in that first half. I don't think they would have created a single chance. Um, mm. And potentially the second half could have been a bit different. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy about that Benzema goal that he did score if it was offside or not. I believe that the the ruling was that it was not intentional, the pass from, uh, or the deflection from Fabinho towards Benzema somehow made it um, offside. It was a sort of a bizarre ruling. 
I don't know all the rules, I must admit, of, of the footballing game, but uh, I, I would have thought that would have been a, a clear uh, goal. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm sure you thought it was offside of Sheik. Uh, I, I think, as, as with everyone, to be honest, it was very confusing. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of things that were evident. Uh, number one, if you just look at the line, definitely Benzema's offside. I think there's, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and that's not part of the conversation in terms of on the line whether he's offside or not. Hmm. I think the main problem is this whole deflection. Who's it come off? Does then that mean it's offside? Yeah, I think they decided basically that it was a deflection off a Liverpool player, so therefore it wasn't whatever an intentional uh, passage of play to get it get it to Benzema, and therefore he was offside. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it sounded like the, the amount of time they took to to get to a decision. They probably didn't. They weren't very clear about it either. Let's get out the old rule book. Yeah, and obviously there's this. I'm I'm not sure if it's. I don't think they use this whole clear and obvious anymore. But if that's what they still use, I don't think it's a clear and obvious error to overrule it. Yeah, I mean, I think either way it would have been. It would have been a bit of a weird one if it went either way. So I'm, I'm not really sure to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I guess in the end, it didn't make too much of a difference. They, they won. Um, and, you know, I wouldn't say they're the better team over the full 90 because they weren't, but they they had that, had that experience. They've been there a lot. Um, most of their players have been in the final. Uh, so they sort of know how to, to manage games throughout. So, yeah, well done to Real Madrid on that. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Liverpool will be back um, in the final soon. Well, hopefully not, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I, we'll see. They... Yeah, and just to wrap up on that, to be honest, I mean, uh, it in terms of like wrapping up our season, um, mm. I think uh, it's very difficult to fully evaluate, it, especially the day after the Champions League final. But it's a bit more, a bit of still hindsight. Fresh. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit. I mean, today we still had the parade, and just looking at the images and and the videos, the players are happy, the fans are happy, the turnout's been great again. Um, so that gives a bit of encouragement. I think if we had to rank our season, um, the best or truly incredible would have been quadruple. Um, winning yesterday course, to get yeah. a treble would have probably made it a, a great season. And where we've left it now probably leaves it as a, a good season. I think if you, in a couple of weeks and three, four weeks' time when you look back at it, I think now it's very easy to say it's a very it's a disappointing season because of what could have been. I mean, we're one point away from winning the title and then a, a a tight game away from winning a Champions League. Yeah. Um and that could have been a quadruple and that would have been completely uh an incredible season. So I think if you look at that it it, it and the outside it looks disappointing, but I think overall what will probably be said of the season, it was it was a solid season. It was a good season. We had we got two domestic trophies and it's not the, the two that we wanted, but and the play has been good. I mean overall we played very well this season. We've played We've got through all the games, well, however many games we played. We had a bit. We have a bit more of a stronger squad depth than we did before, and yeah, I mean, it gives encouragement for us going forward. Hopefully, we'll win some more trophies next season. Yeah, I, I agree. I, was, I, I think it was a very good season for for Liverpool. Although they didn't, you know, get the quadruple or anything like that, they got, you know, as you said, two type, uh, two trophies. You know, they almost won the Premier League. They took it down to the last game. And they almost won the Champions League, so you know there's a lot of almost, but getting there and sort of bring it to the to the final day and the final game of the the Champions League is, is definitely um, shows uh, great success. Um, yeah, and, and it would have been even, even more gutting if, 
like it's a bit more reassuring that like we won the Champions League recently, we won the uh, Premier League recently. I mean, if mm. we hadn't, then that would have been a, a lot more gutting, and I think we wouldn't have seen stuff like a parade if if um, if we hadn't. But and the yeah. other thing kind of wraps up now: winning the two. These are the only two trophies that Klopp hadn't won. They competed in bar the Europa League. I think in the first season he was in the Europa League when he took over half that season. He's basically won everything that's been on offer to him. So it's not it's not like as bad as it could have been, but um, but you'd hope that we, we we go forward and keep competing for the main two at least the, the title and the Champions League to come. Yeah, it's yeah a good basis set up for next year. Yes, you've got very good. Uh, yeah, going forward and always come back to next season. But where's next uh, season? <laughs> who knows? The next season is such a weird one, isn't it? I think yeah. it starts slightly earlier, actually. So the the season starts. The first Premier League weekend is the sixth of August. Not too far. So it's not too far, and it'd be halfway through transfer window as well. So it's not. And we've got a lot of football to got nations league and a couple of internationals to go through in that time so it should hopefully go fairly quickly but let's come back to this season and earlier in the week we had the wrap-up of the europa conference league between roma and finally roma won their first trophy since 2008 winning it 1-0 any thoughts on this game toby yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the The whole competition has been, I think, for the most part, a great success. It's brought in a, a lot of teams who, you know, might not have got European competition. And for that, it's it's, it's a good thing. Um, in particular, this this year, Feyenoord had done really well. They were unbeaten up to the final. Uh, they had the top st- uh, top scorer in Dessers. Um, and then against Mourinho, who's got a lot of pedigree in, in European competition. So it was always set up to be quite a good final it wasn't high scoring but finals never tend to be but the the goal that was scored Zaniolo's goal was was pretty phenomenal to be honest it was a sort of a long ball in from Mancini and so sort of one touch control and then sort of flick over the the keeper um so it's it a great goal um generally Roma I thought uh defended quite well Smalling played well um but for the most most of the game I thought final were the better team actually they had most of the ball um most of the chances but sort of maybe the experience of Mourinho sort of was the difference in this. I guess their team's more used to sort of playing a low block and um, sucking up the pressure. Um, and they did that really well. And at the end of the day, they, they won. They, they held on to the to their one goal lead. So yeah, the inaugural winners of the Conference League of Roma, um, which is definitely a historic, historic moment. Yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been a good competition throughout and... I mean, Chris Smalling did get man of the match on that game and now Mourinho has won every European trophy there is. So, yeah, it's good. And, I mean, Abraham has had a really good season with Roma. So, yeah, mm. Roma look like they're an up-and-coming team in Italy and probably one to watch for next season. There's actually quite a few English players playing that game. There's Abraham Smalling, Reese Nelson playing for Feyenoord on loan from Arsenal. Uh, well, Maitland Niles didn't actually make it into the game, but he was on the bench. Uh, I do want to point out Rui Patricio, though. He made some phenomenal saves. Uh, the former Wolves goalkeeper uh, for Roma. I can't remember who, who, who made the shot, but it was a, a really, really good like hand, uh, which knocked it onto the, the crossbar. I thought he, he was pretty impeccable in that game. Um, but yeah, Smalling was phenomenal as well. 
Um, yeah, great for Roma. Uh, they're into Europe next year. So yeah, we'll see how well they did. They will do. Just throughout their journey in the Conference League, it hasn't been uh, seamless. They lost a Bodo Glimt um, and a few other teams. So yeah, in a way, they're sort of lucky to be here. But, you know, in the final, it's just, just one game. So yeah, just see how that goes. And they did well. Yeah, it will go. It will go down, won't it? If, especially if this competition continues, the first team to win it's always going to be remembered. And I think I was saying, saying, but I hadn't watched a lot of the conference league, but from just looking at the the latter stage, especially semi final, quarters, that kind of area, mm. you're getting teams in the conference league that um, are, are pretty much like Europa League level anyway. So it kind of it is kind of good for fans. It broadens the European games. It gives you more. European football to watch of like similar caliber standard teams, especially towards the latter stages of the tournament. So yeah, I feel like it works quite well. I mean, final Roma could easily have been a Europa League final. Uh, you also had Leicester, right? Was in the or they're they're in the Leicester, Conference League semi final. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All these teams could easily be in the Europa League. So it's more it's more kind of that kind of caliber quality of uh, European games to watch, which can only be a good thing, really. I was just a bit. The only thing that I did notice that I was a bit confused about is probably to do with logistics and location, but the fact that the Conference League final came after the Europa League final just seems a bit odd to me. Yeah. Uh, The only thing I don't like about it is the name Conference League. Sounds doesn't sound premium at all, does it? No, it doesn't. It should probably change that. Europa League 2. I'm not sure about that, actually. but (laughs) I'd preferred, like, when the Europa League was called the UEFA Cup, I preferred that as well. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. So maybe they could have like something similar. I'm not sure they'll rebrand it now, though. No. No, they might rebrand it when they come to rebrand the Champions League. So it might be all sort of rebranded into one. Who? But who? Time will tell. Should we move to the Championship playoff? So probably. A game worth 170 million at Wembley today. Nottingham Forest and their 23-year wait to get into the Premier League after their narrow win over Huddersfield Town. Now, just before we recorded this, you were watching this game, Toby. Yeah, so I was watching this. It's uh, it's always good. Well, I always enjoy watching uh, Championship playoff games. Uh, it tends to be quite exciting, and you will see kind of players that you don't normally watch unless you you know follow a team in the Championship. But I've been a huge fan of of Steve Cooper for for a long, long time. So I'm really excited to see how well he does in the Premier League. Um, maybe like a a Graham Potter kind of uh, role. Um, but just to touch on the game uh, in general, um, it was one one nil. Colwell own goal. He's on loan from Chelsea. Um, yeah, it's not a great um, not a great debut. Oh, not a good game. Probably too short. Sure. I was probably watching him in this game as well. So it's probably not a great. Well, perhaps, but he's had a phenomenal season in general, to be honest. And I think like he he has the potential to get into the Chelsea squad, especially with all the ex- exits of um, the centre-backs they've got. Maybe he'll go on loan again. I think he, he's linked to a lot of clubs in the Premier League. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, another player who actually got the assist for the goal was James Gardner, who who uh, is on loan from Manchester United. He's uh, like a centre-mid, 21 years old. He looks phenomenal in that game. I think out of the two teams between Forest and Huddersfield, Forest do look like they're more Premier League ready. You've got um, a lot of players who seemed just better, I, I say. Um, you've got uh, Spence, who's like a fullback, who's 
really young and he looks set for the Premier League. Brennan Johnson, he won, I think he won the Championship Player of the Year, uh, the Welsh sort of attacking midfielder. He scored 18 goals this season. Yeah, it'd be really exciting how well or how they will spend the money. Uh, they got a lot of it. So um, yeah, they've definitely got a few places they need to improve. Uh, yeah, very exciting to see how well they do in the, the Premier League. And it's been ages since they've been in there. So yeah, it's about time. It'll be nice to see kind of a new sort of team pop up. Um, Huddersfield mm. we've seen before recently. So yeah, I think it's it's good for the league to have, a, to have Forrest up there again. Um, and, and it tends to be these kind of teams with a big heritage and uh, history are actually kind of harder for especially for the big teams to play. I, I foresee that obviously it all depends on transfers and everything like that. But I think like it will be a difficult place to go uh, to play. Definitely, yeah. They've got massive support, which yeah. always helps those kind of teams. And a lot of history as well behind them. So yeah, a lot of pedigree. Um, and a great manager, as I said. So they've got all the sort of the ingredients they need to, to be a success in the Premier League. Um, also got a lot of youth as well. So it, it just depends on how well they can sort of um, bring in depth and sort of upgrade the, the championship aspects of their team and convert them into Premier League um, level players. But, you know, it's early days, so I can't really see if they'll stay up or not. Um, it all really depends on the on the window. Um, but with Cooper's sort of experience, uh, I'm sure they'll do well and bring in some, some interesting players. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they recruit. Talking of recruitment, should we move to some transfer gossip slash confirmed deals? Let's yeah. do it. That's the gossip news, gossip column. Yes, um start in Liverpool uh, with Sadio Mane has reportedly told teammates after the Champions League final that he is likely to leave Liverpool. Have you got any thoughts on this, Ashik? Yeah, broken by uh, Fabrizio Romano today. Obviously, nothing, nothing's <laughs> confirmed yet from the club and from his side, but um, even before the uh, Champions League final, when, um, when he was asked about his contract, things like that, he said, I'll I'll let you know after the final. We'll wait. We'll wait to see, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think at the moment it's likely that he does leave. He will leave this this summer, uh, even if nothing's confirmed. Um, it I, it'll be sad to see him go. I mean, he's uh he's a he's a fan favorite. He's been here for the, all of Klopp's um time. Such a great player, humble, hardworking. Um, part of the original mm. trio: Firmino, uh, Mane, Salah, um, and all Liverpool fans love him. I mean, he will, he will be, if he is to go this summer, he will be sorely missed and we would need a replacement for him. Um, I, I know we got Diaz Jota, we've got a bit more depth, but I, I do think um, if he is to leave, then we would need someone in um, to kind of complement that squad depth. Um, it, it's not the worst, it's not in the whole scheme of things, it's not the worst time for him to leave. He is getting a little bit older. Um, mm. and um, he has had a great season um, but also it, over the last two seasons in both seasons there have been patches and periods where he has been off the ball I think in this season it was the first half of the season when Salah was kind of um, contributing more towards the goals that he was he had a bit of a dip uh, after the AFCON he came back and his form's been great played in the, in the central role and he's played very well um, and and pretty much season on season, he has a very consistent season. He's always scoring and assisting. Um, so if it is true, then it, um, if he does leave, he will be 
he will be missed amongst all Liverpool fans, I'm sure. Mm, I feel like if, if Liverpool won the Champions League, he would probably be probably at the top of the list to win the Ballon d'Or. Not so much now. I think it would go to, to Benzema. But I think Mane has been phenomenal in the Premier League, even in his Southampton days when he, he got the, the fastest hat-trick in the Premier League uh, history. Um, as a United fan, I won't be sad to see him go. But yeah, he's definitely made a phenomenal impression in the Premier League. He's been representing, you know, Senegal well and sort of the African uh, continent. Um, and I feel like he, he'll be perfect for, for Bayern Munich if that's where he goes. Uh, it's been rumoured that Lewandowski is off maybe this year or next year, uh, most likely to Barcelona, uh, especially with uh, Manny's sort of uh, ability uh, now to sort of play the centre-forward role. It'll be very interesting to see how well he sort of adapts there. Yeah and, yeah, and I think I think also um, it, it's very early days in this cost. I think I think Bayern are the team that have been rumored, I guess, to be his front runners. I don't think it will be straightforward. Yeah. I think if he is to leave, then it, certainly we um, uh, Liverpool would demand a pretty a pretty decent fee from him. So it might not be completely straightforward how long it takes. Or it's been it reported about forty. 40 yeah, million I think or about so. thirty-five plus at least forty million is probably what we'd ask. Um, so it might not be a straightforward sell. Um, so we'll see if and where he goes. Question marks as well around the the running out of contracts with, with Salah as well. Yeah, um, do you reckon that means that will be more emphasis on him getting a better deal, perhaps? Uh, potentially, I think for Salah, he said that he's definitely staying next season. Um, mm. But resigning yeah, that, though that creates a little bit of conundrum, I guess. I guess early. I mean, it's, it sounds like the whole of this season. Um, we'd started the club had started talking to him about uh, contract extensions I'd, I'd assume mm. it was done so early in order to plan in case he didn't extend or wanted to leave then we would have been cashing out on him this summer um, yeah. but that's obviously not going to happen so I think the emphasis going forward now would be to re-sign him otherwise it is that you lose him on a free at the end of next summer um, which wouldn't be ideal um, you probably want assurances that uh, Liverpool sort of reinforce and replace Mane in a because um, he's been you know in a partners in crime for for many many years now. Yeah. So I'm sure he wants someone else of equal caliber to to play yeah, with. Yeah, I'd hope, I'd hope. I think that would definitely be the case. I think if we are selling Mane, especially if we're trying to get a, a good deal for him, it would be so that we could um, reinvest. Um, and I'm sure that would help um, Salah stay. And resign his contract. I I think we just hope that you won't get a repeat of this season and it rumbles on too far into next season because then the likelihood is he won't resign. Um, you'd hope something would happen within the summer or at least early next season in terms of getting him signed onto a new contract. Should we um should we move on? And I'm gonna let you talk about this one, Toby. By Munich, I've signed two players from Ajax. Yeah, they signed Graven Birch and Maserawi. Uh, Maserawi is a, a right back. Uh, you can also play left back as well. He's quite quite versatile on sort of both feet. Um, twenty four years old. He's uh, he's been a great talent. He's come through the IX Academy. Uh, he'll, I think, for Bayern Munich, their their main weaknesses of depth is is the right back position. They've got Pavard, who's not really. He, he's good at right back, but he's also more of sort of a sort of centre back, right back. Not really specialise in that position so to have Maserawi come in it'll be uh, a good transfer and I feel like you'll fit in quite well 
Um, he's athletic and he's, he's good on the ball. So it's definitely a good a good signing for, for Bayern Munich. And in terms of Grabenberch, he's he's a player that a lot of teams have been watching uh, over the past few years. He, he's quite young. I think he's only 19 still and he's he's like six foot three or six foot four and he's um, a box-to-box centre mid. Um, fantastic talent for the future, uh, even now, actually. Um, I don't think he'll be a, a starter straight away at, at, at Munich, but um, yeah. Uh, he was going down, I think he was in the last year of his contract. So to to get him for 25 million euros is a good deal for Ajax. Um, they made some some money on him. Um, but yeah, he's in the next few years, we'll be able to, to see how well he does. And I feel like he'll be sort of, uh, he has potential to be world-class for sure. So he's definitely a player to, to keep an eye out in the future. Well, elsewhere, there's been two English goalkeepers. Fraser Foster is linked and believed to have a medical at Spurs. Um, and Johnson, Sam Johnson from West Brom is on the move somewhere. He's decided to leave West Brom, but I think the likely club is Crystal Palace for this one. Yeah, absolutely. He's there to be their second keeper behind um, Greater. Uh, he was at the moment, Butland, Butland's there at the moment, but he hasn't really made much of an impression. So I think they're going to let Butland go. Sam Johnson is, is a great keeper. He's played for England before. Uh, he's had a lot of experience in the championship and even in the Premier League. So as a number two, it's, it's a great deal. And in terms of Foster, it'll help with their English quota uh, moving to Spurs. Um, I don't know how much he will play, but yeah, it's, it's a sensible transfer for them. He's still quite good looks player. Like and I think he's been capped by England a few times as well. Looks like it's a bit of like the uh, Joe Hart deal they did a few seasons ago where they signed him for a couple of seasons just as their backup goalkeeper. It's a good um, life being in like a third choice goalie isn't it yeah good yeah. payday elsewhere in the premier league we've had two signings so leeds have signed aronson from rb salzburg and villa has signed diego carlos from seville any thoughts on this guys yeah yeah just on uh, aronson because i maybe a lot of people might not have heard of him but uh he's american uh sort of a number 10 they can sort of play um a little bit deeper. He's he moved to Salzburg only a year ago uh, from Philadelphia. Um, he's already been capped like, eighteen times for United States. He's he's actually a really good talent. He's he would have fit into Bielsa's sort of high tempo game. I don't know how um, they're going to play nowadays, but regardless, it's a fantastic signing. He's only twenty one years old. He's he's um, <clears throat> versatile. He's he's uh, energetic. Um, it's yeah, very smart signing. Um, one probably one of the best signings they could have made Leeds because they probably won't have as much pull as sort of other uh, Premier League teams, especially with how they finish the season. Um, but going forwards in the future, it's it's a, it's a great deal for them, and I think they're going for around twenty five million. So it's not not a small amount. Um, so they they are sort of heavily invested in him. It'd be interesting to see if Leeds actually pick up some more players during the window because they definitely need to strengthen uh, in some other areas as well. Um, and just on Diego Carlos, uh, that sort of came out of nowhere. Uh, they also made uh, three other signs, or well, three in total. It was Coutinho confirmed, Bubica Kamara going there from Marseille, and now Diego Carlos. Diego Carlos, two or three years ago, was linked to a lot of top teams for around 70 million or so. Um, he's won the Olympics of Brazil, and um, he's just a phenomenal centre-back. And he's, he's 29 years old. Sevilla had to sell him because they've got uh, a lot of debts to pay and they needed to raise funds by the end of the window. So that massively helps them out. Um, 
but it does put a lot of emphasis on on Villa now and Gerard. They've got to perform because uh, each of these signings have have like real pedigree, um, and he needs to be hitting the heights. Um, in particular, Bubico Kamara. He's uh, if you haven't heard of him, he's a sort of a, a French defensive midfielder, but he's also played centre back uh, from Marseille. They got him on a free transfer. Uh, he was on like forty five thousand euros a week, uh, but Villa are playing him. I think it's about 175,000 euros a week. So he's got a huge payday. And that's definitely the reason why he went to Villa over other teams, because he definitely has the ability to to play for higher, like a higher level. Um, I would like to see him at United, but um, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, a lot of emphasis on Villa going forwards. I wonder if they'll make any more signings. Yeah. It looks like they're, they're willing to spend that kind of money in this window. But yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. It could be, could be a good... good uh good haul for Villa actually it looks like they're doing some good business and a pre-season under Gerard. hope and you can see what he does um and what he prepares for for the season it, I guess it'll put quite a lot of pressure on them as well depending on how many signings they do make um mm. also rumors on Suarez I'm not sure how true they are um linking back up with Gerard and Coutinho um taking it back about 10 that years very interesting uh, yeah, I'm sure he could do a job. I mean, Suarez is always it's going to remain a uh, a good a good finisher and a good goal scorer. Obviously, his pace is gone. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm sure he could do a job somewhere. Um, he's still he's still he's still got a few years left in him. I think a couple of years before he retires or goes into it. I'm sure you would love to see him back in the Premier yeah, League as well. I mean, well, a lot of Liverpool fans. Yeah, would. Suarez at his peak is uh, was one of the best strikers I've ever seen play. I mean, he's so instinctive. Definitely yeah. world-class, yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, who knows on that one. He can go anywhere, to be honest. Um, yeah, I think even if he goes to Villa, he, I don't expect him to be a starter in all no, the games, especially of his yeah. age. Uh, at sort of the end of his time at Atletico, he wasn't really a starter. But he did score. He was still scoring quite a few goals, um, you know, when he did start and when he came off the bench. So he does have that impact and his finishing is still impeccable. You don't really lose that. And there's probably one final transfer we probably want to talk about uh, to Spurs is Perisic for a free. Yes, I think that's about to be confirmed very soon. It might already be confirmed when you hear this podcast. Um, that's a phenomenal signing. He's 33 years old, but he's got so much talent. In, uh he's been playing for Inter for the last, I think he signed in 2015. Um, and then he went on loan for one year to Bayern Munich. But Apart from that, he's been phenomenal in the Serie A. Um, great player, technically very good. I believe this means um, Bergwijn is uh, deemed to to leave the club. Rumours is he's going to go back to Ajax, but I'm not too sure on that one. But it'll be very interesting to see how well Perisic does in the Premier League. Uh, he's been a player I've admired for quite a few years now. He's one of those players, big name players that has been had been linked to a lot of big clubs over the last four or five years, and never quite had a fully. Um, a full transfer move from uh, Inter. Um, you'd always mm. like expected him to go somewhere in the Premier League or elsewhere. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, he's he's. I haven't seen a lot of him recently, but um, he's been about for a while, hasn't he? Um, maybe reaching towards the, the latter parts of his career. But it will be interesting to see how he does under under Conte. Yeah, he got eight goals, seven assists this it's year. Still good. Still so good. Out. Still. still... Yeah, still a good uh, contribution. Uh, he's obviously played for you know Dortmund, Bayern Munich, Inter, Wolfsburg. So yeah, got a lot of pedigree, and he's got 
I think over a hundred caps for Croatia. So he brings in a lot of experience yeah. to the club. And as I think well. actually, and a good um, I'm sure you'll talk about this later on in in preview podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, from the outlook, it looks like the way the season ended and preparing mm. preparing for next season, I think Tottenham could potentially be in a, a good position under Conte. Usually, second season is quite strong anyway. Um, Absolutely. So early early stages, it looks like they they could be uh, much better than they have been this season yeah i've been really impressed with their transfer signings um kulevsky and uh benton core coming and done fantastically especially kulevsky uh his contribution has been phenomenal um so i think they're going to get the back in for sure because when you get you know when conte said he's going to stay i'm pretty much guaranteed that means that they're going to get some more some more funds uh to spend so it'll be interesting to see what they do and how they spend it. Um, but, you know, if um, the past things have been any sort of indication, it's, it's definitely going to be positive for them. It'll be interesting to hear what they do in, in the Premier League next year as well and Champions League. And I think that wraps up all of the transfers. For any transfer rumours, if you want to stay up to date on transfers, please follow us on our socials. We've got uh, rumours on Twitter and Instagram. Shall we move on to the quiz? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, boy. Um, as a sheik, as you are the guest, would you like set A or set B? I'll take set A. Okay. Uh, just to remind you how this works, it'd be five questions each, and if you get it wrong, the opponent gets to steal. Uh, question one. Who bagged the first goal of the group stage in the Champions League? Oh, gosh. Jesus Christ. Uh, my memory doesn't go that far back. I have absolutely no idea. I don't even know what the first team was playing, so we'll just give it a random guess. Probability. Give them the team. Give them the team, Joe. That's so difficult. Okay. Um. So just... One thing I did forget to mention, all of these questions are about the Champions League, as okay. we've had the Champions League final, and the team is United. Oh, right. I don't Ronaldo? Know yes. Yeah, that is correct. You know, I was, before you said given the team, I was originally I was going to say Ronaldo, and then when you gave me the team, uh, but no, 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 no yeah, <laughs> before you said given the team, I was going to say Lewandowski, just out of probability. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ronaldo. Uh, so, Toby, your first question. In Chelsea's 4-0 win over Malmo on match day three, which player scored his first goal for his club on his 100, 137th appearance? First goal for the club in 137 appearance. Which club was it? Do you say a club name? Chelsea. Chelsea. Okay. Trying to think. Maybe a defender. First goal ever for Chelsea. Yes. It? Was it Thiago? No. Thiago, unfortunately, hasn't played 100 games, I don't think. And I think his first goal was oh, in the Premier sense. League. Ashik, any guesses? This is a tough one. I'm just thinking, how many players do you have that played 100? 100's not like... Um, it's not like Christiansen or something. He's probably hasn't played 100, does he? Yeah, that is correct. It is Christensen. Is. <laughs> oh, <I guess>. oh. <laughs> so that's a 2-0 lead to Ashik currently. Uh, your second question, Ashik. Benzema scored which European landmark goal for you 
for Real Madrid on match day four. Oh my gosh, they've been around for ages. 500? No. Toby? Uh, a thousand? Yes, that is correct. One thousand. Oh, cool. It's going to be a round number like that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of goals. Uh, question two for Toby. Eden Dzeko bagged a double in Inter's 2-0 defeat against Shakhtar on match day five, making him the 20th player to have scored how many UEFA club competition goals? Can you repeat the last bit of the question, please? Yes, sir. Eden Dzeko bagged a double in Inter's 2-0 defeat of Shakhtar on match day five, making him the 20th player to have scored how many UEFA club competition goals? I'm going to go 50. Yes, that is correct. Okay, sweet. So you've tied it back up after the second question. Uh, nice question slide. three for Ashik. Mm-hmm. Whose two strikes against Club Bruges on match day five made him... RB Leipzig's all-time top goal scorer in the Champions League with nine goals. Oh, I have no idea. I don't think I watched a single Leipzig game. Um, I'm going to have to pass this one. Don't you, couldn't even think of someone. I think Toby will probably know this one. Yeah, I think he will. I want to say Unkuku. No. Is it Paulson? No, it's not. No idea. Forsberg. Forsberg? Forsberg. Oh. Uh, so, question. He's been there yeah. a while. So. Question three for Toby. Which former Wales international's son made his Manchester United debut against Young Boys on match day six? Savage. Yes. So, Toby takes a slender lead. Uh, question four for Rashik. Thomas Muller headed in against. Thomas Müller headed in against Barcelona on match day six to become the first German to score how many goals in the Champions League? Fifty. Yes, that is correct. Let's go. Uh, question four, for Toby. Three sides won all of their group stages games: Bayern Munich, Liverpool, and which other team? Oh God! To, to win, win all the games. Win all of their games. Oh, I thought we were the only club that did that. <laughs> so again, Liverpool, Bayern Munich, and the number one. Yeah. Is it Inter Milan? No, that is um, that is not correct. No. Ashik. Um. City? No, they didn't actually. It was Ajax. Ajax? Oh yeah, with Howler scoring against Dortmund and all that. So for the final question, it is even. Whose question is it though? It is your question. It's yours, I think. Your final question. Oh, but then Toby's getting one after that as well, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. In Real Madrid's semi-final leg... In Real Madrid's semi-final second leg comeback against City, Benzema equaled whose record in the Champions League knockout goals in a single season of 10? Uh, 
I can repeat the question if you need. Yeah, to. yeah. I think uh, so. You mean who, who, like who, whose record of most um, knockout goals in the Champions League for the equal, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope it's not a trick question, but I'm going to go Ronaldo. Ronaldo is correct. Because <sighs> yeah. I know there was that season <laughs> where, like, Firmino and Mane had quite a lot as well. Uh, okay, cool. Right. So at least I've done what I have to do. Yeah, precious. So Toby, you now. have to get this right. In the semi-finals, who moved ahead of Jogba to become the top African scorer in the Champions League knockout phase outright with 15 goals? Pressure's on. Knockout yep. stage. Um, I know Haller got a lot in that one thingy, but... Um, was it... Salah or Mane, maybe? One of the three. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, should I risk it for Haller? I'll go Salah. Unfortunately, you are un- oh. you are incorrect. I thought, mate, you were going to go for it. It's Mane. Is it Haller? It's it Mane. Mane, yes. Sadio Mane. Uh. So Sheik wins. Your Ballon d'Or winner. That's uh, that's poetic. That is. <laughs> yeah, he let me down there, or oh, I let him down rather. Very tight. Well done, well, no, Sheik. Well, you won yeah, something. Mane's, Maybe Mane's, Mane's won league, something. But... Yeah. <laughs> to finish the season off. Well, that ends the podcast. Um, thank you for joining me, Sheik. Thanks for having me, boys. So... It's been a pleasure. A pleasure. Um, hopefully, it's not been too pulling on the heartstrings. Traumatic. No, it's all right. I'm getting over it slowly. I think the worst <laughs> bit is just the fact that you don't have a lot of football to watch, club football at least, for a while. But it's all right. No, no. It gives, gives you time to recover. Um, and thank you, for Toby, for joining me as normal. You're welcome. And thank you for the listener. Um, For any of the latest articles, transfers and news, please follow us on our socials or or check our website is thepitsider.com. And thank you for joining us and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.